Hey booze, welcome to Crime and Spirits, your one-stop shop for handcrafted cocktails, spooky stories, and all things true crime. I am your resident bartender, Suze, and I'll be teaching you all a new drink recipe at the beginning of each of our episodes. And I'm Bree, drinker of the drinks, and I write the stories we tell. So, what should you expect while listening to us? Well, good question. There's going to be some swearing. Oh, a lot of swearing. Probably some rambling. Definitely rambling. And most likely a lot of off-topic pop culture references. We specialize in Bob's Burgers and maybe Always Sunny. Definitely. But what do you want from us? We're going to be drinking. And hopefully you will be too. So come hang out with us each week. And if you want to spend more time with us, check out the description for the link to all of our socials. Let's buckle up buttercups and sip tight. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Crime and Spirits. I'm hey, Bree. I'm Sue. And today we have a very special guest with us, my best friend of 20 years. Jen is here. Hi, I'm Jen. <laughs> it's Jen time. It's, it's Jen, Jen time. time. So every time Jen calls me, I sing that song. I like it. Or like Mark sings a song and there's like a dance that goes along. So it's like But now it's just thing. me. Yeah. It's just me when anytime I call and they pick up. <laughs> so Jen is here because we are going to be talking about Israel Keys. This dude is fucked up. And this was actually her recommendation, yes. correct? So that's... That doesn't mean anything about me. <laughs> no judgments. I'm just saying I didn't know much about him until she brought his name up and then I researched him and I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> OMG. He's <laughs> pretty messed up in yeah. the head. Honestly. He is... He's just a psychopath, really. The crimes that he committed puts him in the same category as people like Bundy, who he actually looked up to. He actually went on the record to say that his favorite serial killers were H.H. Holmes and Ted Bundy. See? It was meant to be. (laughs) Keyes was methodical and prepared and held no mercy for his victims. Yet, at one point after his arrest, he asked the police to keep him and his crimes as anonymous as possible. He didn't want the details to get out to the public, specifically his family. It seems like that wish has been granted for the most part. I feel like he isn't super well-known and kind of just circles the radar of the true crime genre, as you heard with Suze. Personally, I think it's time that we change that, because he doesn't deserve... The anonymity. Yeah. He doesn't deserve it. I wanted to say that word, but there was no way that I was He doesn't get secrets. No. No secrets. No secrets. So today, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of the story, but first, we're going to need something strong to get us through this shit. So, Suze, what do you have for us? Well, so I got you here. Um, We're going to be chatting about Keys and his semi-famous murder buckets, which we will get into detail with, but just as like a Cliff's Notes, um, this has been our shorthand for the case. (laughs) We've just called it Murder Buckets. Um, he allegedly took murder tools such as guns, homemade silencers, knives, disguises, money, etc., etc., put them into a bucket, like one you find at Lowe's or Home Depot, like the big 10-gallon Jonies. Yeah. Um, he then proceeded to seal that all up and bury the whole damn thing near where he was planning on committing a crime. Just for, like, shits and giggles. So not only was he ready to commit a crime, he picked the person or the location and, like, 
Yo, it's just diabolical. Um, so I created a drink in a bucket that will bring us joy instead of murder and mayhem. Um, I have Jen to thank for part of this idea. She said she wanted a drink in a bucket. I did want a drink in a bucket. (laughs) And she wanted New Amsterdam Pink Whitney. So we're including those. Um, we're doing what I'm calling lovely sangria in a bucket. Um, fun fact, (laughs) apparently only Spain and Portugal can claim to make real quote unquote sangrias. It's a European Union rule. I Googled it. It's a real thing. That's so weird. Mm. It well, and so Brie brought up earlier, it's the same as like champagne is only from the champagne region of France. Everything else is just fizzy wine. So barefoot lies to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, because I I did I was in Spain and I had a sangria and it just about blew my freaking socks off. Fun fact: I lived a year in Spain. I was little. I was little. I forgot. But I was like, "Did you drink sangrias?" No, but we had siestas. They do let children (laughs) do whatever they want there. I feel everybody smokes. They all have dogs. They all take the middle of the day. I was a Mm -hmm. uh, blonde hair, blue eyed child. So. I got a lot of pettings of the head, and they said that I was an angel. That that all checks out. They all have dark skin and dark hair, (laughs) well, most of them. Yeah, they said that, like, I was rare, and I was an angel, and my mom was very scared that I was going to get kidnapped. I mean, you Mm -hmm. might have. Who knows? It's a real thing. Yeah, it happened, probably. Who knows? Um, So, (laughs) Jenna's an angel. So on and so forth. Allegedly. Uh, Far from it. Far from it. So sangrias in general are a combination of wine, liquor, and fruit juice, usually garnished with fruit just thrown in the glass. Um, Today we're doing Pinot Grigio. We're going with a white sangria, which is not traditional. Um, Again, I added the Pink Whitney from New Amsterdam. It's a pink lemonade flavored vodka. I also added some cranberry juice and then a top of some lemon club soda for a little fizziness. And just for fun, I put in a berry medley of frozen berries. So uh, I was told if you want to make your wine chilled, put in frozen fruit or grapes because it will not dilute it. Mm. It will just add to the flavor. That checks out. So It's delicious. And it looks beautiful in our little bucket. So They're super cute. The proportions for our drinks are large and in charge because we are, honest to goodness, drinking out of actual buckets right now. <laughs> um, they're not 10-gallon buckets because we're not crazy no, people. but they are, like, <clears throat> pails that, like, children would use to, like, make sandcastles at the beach. So, yeah. I mean, they are... They're more than like. I got two them ounces. at the dollar store. They have a shovel to stir the whole nine yards. If I take these home with me, my kids are gonna be like, "Oh, my sand bucket." Exactly. I'm like, "No, it's mommy's <laughs> sippy cup. Mommy's sippy cup. Um, my murder bucket." So when I post the recipe, it will be for a normal human sized drink. But sangrias are often made in pitchers. They're often made for large groups. So if you want to double it or triple it or do whatever, whatever blows your hair back. Um, no judgment. Not. A at all Um, the joy of the sangria though is you pretty much can't go wrong no matter what you mix um if you like red wine try a merlot based sangria uh change up the juice if you don't like cranberry orange juice pineapple juice whatever floats your boat um i've definitely made sangria out of a bottle of wine that i didn't particularly care for on its own and Mm. it has always turned out okay so that's usually like our Mm go-to Susan and i have a habit of buying new wines because we like the bottles Mm -hmm. and i would say about 60 40 we get good wines it's true 
We're usually pretty good, but every now and then it's like, this needs some club soda or juice. (laughs) With an Italian red wine. You just can't. It's true. But... And I just try to steal wine out of people's back pockets. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. That's nother a whole nother that, episode. Yeah, that's a whole. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> we'll save that for our like wine fest Hell special. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> without further ado, let's get into Mr. Israel Keys and his crazy, crazy burner buckets. Dun dun dun. Okay, so. As usual, we're going to start from the beginning of the story, and we're going to tell you that Israel Keys was born in Richmond, Utah, on January 7th, 1978. He was the second-born child of ten. Too many children! But it makes sense his parents, John and Heidi Keys, were practicing Mormons at the time. At the time. That's significant. Mm-hmm. They all had, They had all of their kids at home. They did not have birth certificates or any kind of paperwork for them. It was really sketchy. Uh, The couple also decides to homeschool their children. School is a bit of a loose term for what John and Heidi were providing. The kids were taught more practical skills versus academic. Like hunting, cooking, sewing, cleaning. Survival. That was my favorite. Survival was like very specifically mentioned (laughs) in every single... Again and again, yes. And it kind of makes sense because of the way that they live their lives. So... They also taught the core Mormon beliefs, and the instruction was heavy on the memorization of Bible scriptures, which is likely how they learned to read in the first place, because they had no other structure Material, yeah. to it. Uh, so in 1983, Israel's five. The family moves to Washington State, and you'll find that they like to do stuff like this frequently. Yeah. Um, there's a plot of land located out the sign outside the town of Colville, <laughs> That was home to a one-room cabin in which the family lived. So we'll go back. That's ten children and two adults. That's comfy. That's, I would say, cozy. So cozy. (laughs) Dangerously cozy. Room for another kid. The town was small. The population was less than 5,000, according to the 2010 census. Um, John and Heidi's goal was to isolate the family, keep them away from the corruptions, quote unquote, mm-hmm. of the outside world and far away from any kind of government intervention. Yeah. Hence the lack of birth certificates and social security They didn't want the records. And, well, and they weren't intending to take their children to school. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, Jen, you could probably back this up. I think you get into trouble if you don't enroll your kids in some sort of academia right yeah yep Mm -hmm. like isn't that like child abuse essentially that and then they knock on your door and then you have to go to court i've never been through that (laughs) but i'm just saying like you're at the point now where your kids are like in school or starting school so stressful yeah but if they don't have any record of the children they don't know they don't exist for them yeah they don't Mm -hmm. exist limit does not exist um, in addition to the cabin being isolated, it didn't have any electricity or running water, so they were much survival. saying they're crushing their survivalist whatevers. <laughs> um, in 1990, the family abandons the Mormon faith, because they do this a lot too, and they begin to attend church services at the Ark. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> I read up on it, and I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, it's basically a white supremacist Christian church. It's a good time. Have you heard words on, like, the Christian part? Uh, According to white supremacy. It was an Amish-like environment. Mm. So, I could see that if everybody, if nobody on the hill or whatever has electricity or running water. Yeah. But (laughs) the white supremacist thing. Fun fact about myself, the Amish scare me. 
Because I got chased off of an Amish farm once when I was in just in high school. I had family in Titusville, and we were down there visiting, and I had bright red hair, and I had my tattoo showing. Mm-hmm. That's we like in one and two store. strikes. Yeah. <laughs> we were in an Amish store, and I swore, I'm pretty sure I said fuck, and this guy was, like, not having it. And I was like, okay, like, I'll leave, but I didn't understand what was happening because I was 19 and hungover, and it was awful, and my family's in the shop. And he's like, if you don't leave, I'm going to... I don't even remember what he said. He threatened me with a gun, and I, like, booked it out of there. That was, like, ever since then. Like, I literally have, like... It's not so bad now because I'm 32, but, like, I have a physical reaction when I see Amish people because I'm like, oh, shit. My sister lives near a large Amish community, so I always see their buggies. Like... They don't bother me. Not I feel like, like that. Normal... buggy races. Let's let's just say that. Like they, they race on their buggies. You? They like to. Drink I sure the too. hell would, and they make meth. Mm-hmm. But don't quote oh, yeah. me for that. Big meth. But we die diverge. <laughs> um, so at this white supremacist Amish like Christian church, <laughs> um, Israel finds a friend. So this is gonna go well, you know. Friends. His name is Chevy Kehoe. Um, so this guy is a psychopath in his own right. Um, we'll probably get to him maybe at some point. He's definitely lesser known, but Cliff's Note version, he's a racist, a murderer, and he's eventually convicted of a triple homicide. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Yes. In 1996, so I feel like it's not even that far removed from this. No, it's not. So he was like a teenager, early 20s, I think. The timing of it is interesting. Ah, yeah. In this, in this kind of circumstance, if you will. So that church doesn't really work out for the Keys family long term, which is a fucking shocker at this point. And they move on to the Christian Israel Covenant Church. This one. Here, they practice what's called British Israelism. I had to look that up. Yeah, what is that? Yep. I don't know. I had to Google it also. So. Me three. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, the fuck is this? Click. Somebody tell me about this. Yep. So basically, British Israelism is the pseudo-archaeological belief that the people of the British Isles are, and I quote, genetically, racially, and linguistically the direct descendants of the ten lost tribes of ancient Israel. That's now, I don't know what those are, and I'm not going down that rabbit hole I believe yet. that is Jewish people, so none of that, that makes, makes any sense. None so. of British Israelism, Christian church, none of it, n- make it make sense. I don't... I, That's I, a rabbit hole. I, well, I read up on it on Wikipedia, and I just kept clicking more mm-hmm. links, and mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, went cross-eyed, I was like, I can't do this, it <laughs> was just, just too much. <laughs> so these these guys, they are also racist in their core belief system, so I think we're starting Sensing to see a pattern. pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believe that Anglo-Saxons were superior to other races, and that interracial marriage was unacceptable. Keys would later allege that the church was militant in their beliefs, which, I mean, cults cults often are. I concur, just screams yeah. like, hey, I'm a cult. It's worth noting that the beliefs of British Israelism have been refuted by evidence from modern research, and that these people are going to probably be a topic on a future episode, because they seem fucking nuts. It was just bananas. Hey, in the research, I was like, no. Mm-mm. I had to stop myself, because I wasn't even researching. I was just writing, but I like spent 45 minutes trying to like figure out what the fuck this was all about. Um, so, for years, the family had their own little tent city set up for the <laughs> children on their property, 
Um, because obviously a one-room cabin is not enough room for 12 people. Why not? <laughs> I mean, room unless you all really like each other. Um, the family focused on God, their family, and being self-reliant. Uh, they get more involved with their community, which is weird to me, because yeah. they've never done this before. But they're all racist. So right. Well, <laughs> I guess they felt they found their kin. Their people. Um, the children begin to make friends. <clears throat> yeah. Keys was a bad egg. He was always in trouble, wreaking havoc with his sisters and some local boys that he hung around with. Some, but not all of the things that I found. <laughs> he shot a BB gun at a neighbor's house. He started fires in the woods. That's part of the serial killer mm-hmm. triad. Mm-hmm. So um, he broke into houses just for fun. Oh, um, and sometimes cool. I feel like they would break in. What I read was they would break in, and if nobody was home, they would just move things slightly. Oh. Like move furniture or to move get them the paranoid. To make them be like evil. Mm-hmm. Oh so even God. then he was like plotting and planning and being crazy. I can always tell. So we rent our apartment and I can always tell if somebody's been in the house, like like a maintenance person yeah. or something. Like I can walk in and immediately know if somebody was in my home. That's creepy. Yeah. Especially if somebody's doing it purposefully to like terrify oh. you. Like move your socks to the bottom drawer. Oh, like steal your batteries out of your remote. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Or switch them the other way. Mm-hmm. Rude. Um, So this is another one in the serial killer crazy pyramid. Um, He killed animals and pets for fun on the regular. For fun, though. Um, In one situation, apparently he skinned a deer while it was still alive. That's just crazy. When I read that, because I learned more about this, it just... (laughs) Yeah. It just bothered me. I never really looked into his childhood before. It never really crossed my mind because I was really just fascinated with like who he was as an adult, really. But this is gross. How do you catch a deer? Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. I, apparently he was a very good marksman. They all had to hunt for their dinners, pretty much. I mean... So I believe out. he wounded the deer and then instead of... You know, putting Killing it out it. of its mercy, like, and then humanely. and then doing what he needed to do to process it for food. He just decided to let it. Like this one's for funsies. Live through that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I wish you guys could see what our faces look like mm. right now. You can and imagine. Drink more of the right. Um, in addition to these gross things, he also stole a bunch of guns from a neighbor and then sold those guns back into the community to other adults. I mean, that's clearly just good business. But how... No, these people are probably the kind of people... (laughs) These "Mm." people are probably the kind of people that you do not fuck with their guns. It's true. Like, they're probably those groups of individuals. Also, if this man has a stock of guns in his home, like, "Mm, I have some questions for you, sir. I just... Um, so the big one that pushed me over the edge, I read the whole thing, and then I wanted to puke, and then I didn't type (laughs) any of it out because I wanted to punch him, even though I can't do that. Um, (laughs) but apparently Keys took a cat into the woods with a group of children, and I don't know if you guys know this, but we're cat lovers, me and Brie. I have I don't know how you feel about cats. But I do have a cat, but I had to give her away. But she's still my baby. So. But you wouldn't take her out into the woods and unnecessarily <laughs> torture her to death, right? No, I would just take her out to the woods and be like, look at the nature. Uh-huh. Here's here's your walk for the day. Because she was raised by dogs, so right. she acts like a dog. Right. So. 
But apparently Keys took this poor cat into the woods with a group of children. He tied the cat up in a tree. He traumatized it brutally before he wound up killing it. He actually laughed. Was like, ha ha ha. Another child actually was so traumatized by it that he vomited. Because it was so awful for him to see, which I I only read it and I wanted to vomit, yeah. so I can only imagine. And I only read your notes of it, mm-hmm. so I got it like third, yeah. third degrees removed. Well, and I'm sure there's more mm-hmm. graphic stuff out there, but I oh, went with you. the bare bones version, and I was like, dear lord, that poor cat, those poor children, that, that poor. He's a really awful. The so at this is, point, he's a child. He's an awful yeah, child. Yeah, he's like a preteen. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that really gets me the most is that this is the incident that made a light bulb go off, and he was like, "Huh? Nobody else laughed. That's weird." Like to him, the laughing was normal behavior. That was a normal response to that. <laughs> and the other people were being like wimps. Because you violently tortured a cat Mm-mm. and made them watch. Like, you made it a spectacle. Like, it's fucking gross. So, he began to realize he was different. Yeah, special. To say the least. And uh, by the time he was a teenager, he was already six feet tall, uh, built kind of like on the athletic side, probably all that hunting. Um, well, I'm like free ranging as a yeah. child, like you're just you're not in school. You're just out there like wandering you know, I the woods, like a much more dark version of like Tarzan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, I could see yeah. that. Like, you know yes. what I mean? Like the like non, on the, the floor of the jungle yeah. instead of mm-hmm. swinging on the vines, like the anti Disney movie <laughs> version kind of deal. So he was also uh, a carpenter, a very accomplished one from yeah. what I read. Yeah, actually. He, like, became really, uh, really known for that. He also built himself, like, a cabin on their property. So he's, like, the only kid that had, like, his own home in this whole situation. So, like, picture it. (laughs) One cabin, one room cabin, tents scattered around this property, and then you just have this, like, cabin chilling also on the property. So I, what I read was that he built it sort of away, not like far, but like away enough where he could like have his private time <laughs> or whatever. No, she was like, private face. time. Or whatever, whatever it is he did. Yes. Well, he kept a journal where he would detail all of the sins that he committed. And this thing was apparently littered with scripture throughout the pages. And for those of you who don't, or aren't familiar with, like, really strict religions, you get, like, indoctrinated in, especially, I can, I grew up in one, and I'm a normal human by all accounts, and I was fucked up in the head from it. I can only imagine what a psychopath would, like, go through. Yeah, exactly. You know Somebody I mean? with these tendencies already. Yeah, like, like the indoctrination <laughs> process in some Woof. of these places, it's, it's. I know, I went. A few times with you. you. Oh, yeah. She went to a couple of meetings. We'll save that for the the special Jehovah's Witness episode we're going to do at some point. That was a fun time. Mm -hmm. It it was a time. (laughs) It was just a time. It it was a time. It was something. Mm -hmm. It was definitely (laughs) something. But, I mean, it makes sense to me, at least, that, like, he would... Those two would be linked. Like, what he's doing and what he's committing, like, he obviously enjoys, but he obviously knows is wrong also. And that's what scares me about people like that. Like, he knew that what he was doing was not okay. 
and just proceeded to do all of it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he noticed he was the odd man out after the whole cat debacle, and he worked to keep his antisocial personality under wraps and would no longer hang out with literally anyone. He would commit his sadistic acts in the woods by himself in the cabin that he built for himself. I mean, let's be real here. Israel was already showing signs of a full-blown, like, psychopathic personality. He lacked any kind of empathy or guilt. He was cold and calculating. He was a liar and a master manipulator. More than capable of putting on a facade so he can get whatever it is that he wanted. Gross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, at this point, as the Keys family likes to do, they pick up and they move to Smyrna, Washington, where they all collected sap for the local Amish. So now they're working for the Amish. Mm. Weird twist of fate. Um, it became terrifying. Right? <laughs> My worst nightmare. <laughs> um, it became clear to most of the children that their mother was a zealot for pretty much whichever religion tickled her fancy in that moment. Because we've been through, what, like four already? Mm-hmm. She's today like, this seems fun. Today we're Mormons, and then... Next week we're going to be racist, and then and a they, form of racist after that. They live off the grid, so that, ugh, dear lord. Um, I, s- I swear that that, like, breeds that kind of shit. Living like, off the grid? Yeah, mm. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make a generalization, because I get it. He, ugh, look, the older I get, the more I'm like, I would like to go live in the woods off the grid. <laughs> I would, but not. Swanson this shit. <laughs> we'll save an episode Crazy for shit. about my dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the grid, man. Literally. (laughs) Um, All the children began to act secretively. They would lie to their parents just so they could watch a movie at their friend's house or do basically whatever normal children did at that age. Um, Their parents were so strict, however, that the kids weren't even able to learn a musical instrument because that would have been going against God. Yeah, so... I was in like, question mark, because like, what? <laughs> yeah, so, like, in, in the witnesses, they referred to anybody who was outside of the organization as worldly. And you weren't supposed to have any worldly influences. So, like, my friendship with Jen growing up was, like, not okay. Hmm. Like, the fact that I had any friends or interaction outside of, like, what was forced was not okay. Because that's the whole point of indoctrination, right? Like, they want you to be in an echo chamber, basically. Right. Of people who believe the same thing. Just completely do. immersed in the beliefs. Yes, absolutely. Like, and it was, so it was the same thing. Like, I couldn't, I wasn't supposed to watch certain TV shows. I couldn't watch or listen to, like, certain music. Like, it, mm. it's, it, it's a lot. Shake my damn head. It's it's a lot. So and I was a, I was very worldly, so oh. I was like, "Come, Brie. Oh yeah. Come to my worldly <laughs> side. <laughs> oh yeah." I didn't really need much help after a while. Moving but. from Washington State <laughs> to Erie, Pennsylvania, I was yeah. like, "Come." Well, and so that it didn't surprise me when I read that because I was like, "Okay, like that checks out from what I know." Growing up, like. I literally had to, and I think I told you this story recently, like, when we had, like, chorus concerts that were, like, for holidays, I oh. I wasn't allowed to not go because it was mandatory, but I also wasn't allowed to participate, so my ass was just standing there on the stage, just like, That's so hey, awful. Guys. It was really fucking <laughs> awkward, especially because, like, I've never been thin, but I didn't hit puberty until well into high school, so I was just, like, this weird, awkward, gawky-looking girl... And just standing just there standing during there. chorus probably didn't help. It, it helped. Not. It helped that I would be standing <laughs> next to her, yeah. and I'm like cracking jokes. Like I was at least like moving around. Like I, 
I got in trouble, but, you know. To the point where we almost got kicked off the stage. I would have preferred it. It would have been better than just Just standing there, like. Me and my worldly self. Worldly. Going against God. (laughs) So, Keyes had just about had it with all this religious nonsense, and I don't really blame him for this only moment in his life. I'm sure there's a reason behind this. I'm sure sure there was. Well, he renounces his Christian faith. He even goes as far as calling himself an atheist. (laughs) His parents, clutching their pearls, panicking, kicks Keys out of the family home and forbids his siblings from having any contact with him ever again, which is also not abnormal for people who have very strict faiths. Faith being a very quote unquote, if you will. So, he says fuck it and starts to dabble in Satanism, intending to one day carry out a ritualistic murder. Like, literally does 180 and goes in the opposite crazy direction. Well, it also shows how little he actually knows about Satanism. That's also another episode. Because it's not really what people assume it is. Well, it got blown up in the media with all those trials. Satanic of, like, panic. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that, the 80s, I think? Yeah, 80s, early 90s, yeah. Man, what a time to be alive. Barely. I was barely alive, but oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever for, for everybody else, he was just getting murdered. So, he also had an interest in serial killer shit that showed up later for him in life, and he studied them meticulously. We are not serial killers. Just putting that out there. Right. It's definitely not. not. I am way too selfish to go to jail. Like, I... No. Also, like, I just... Ew, blood. I'm a picky eater, also. Like, (laughs) jail wouldn't work for me. I can't do slop. No. Mm Mm-mm. Maybe some ramen noodles, but that's about it. I don't... Mm. I think you have to have money to buy those. It's I don't true. think they just let you have them. My, gonna... my kids better put money on my books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. They have money in their piggy bank. They owe you. <laughs> just saying. Little mini vacay, maybe, but nothing serial killer. Like, I can't do years. She's maybe like, a I'll weekend. do a stint for, like, a weekend. Burglary. <laughs> yeah, but, like... Other than that, no. No, no, no. I like makeup. I like good smelling deodorant. I just like not... Comfy beds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too selfish. I'm too selfish. Um, so, he gets into serial killer shit. He studies them. He even read the notorious book Mindhunter as a youth. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mindhunter is the book that was written by John Douglas, the FBI agent who created the BAU, BSU, whatever, whatever they actually call the unit. I know it's different than, like, Criminal Minds, but... It's the one from Criminal Minds, yeah, you it's guys. it's that one. <laughs> uh, also has a great TV show. In my brain, I'm like, that's what it is. <laughs> High, highly recommend, 10 out of 10. So he idolized men like Bundy and H.H. H. Holmes, H. H. and even Holmes. felt as if they shared some qualities, which we will see to be true later. So... At this stage in the game, Keyes has reached his young adulthood, and he commits one of his first major assaults during the summer of 1997. Could have happened during 98. There was conflicting reports. This incident was not his first time sexually assaulting someone, but it's one. it was the first one that he admitted to. So we're going to see it later on down the road that he was pretty elusive, and it wasn't until his final act... That we even knew he was doing all of this shit. Because he always sort of worked under the radar. I guess his upbringing taught him 
well, the I mean, skills yeah. how to do that. So he, spent, he only admitted to this later. Like, mm-hmm. I don't believe he was actually caught or punished at the mm-hmm. time. It was just when he talked to authorities down the road. Yeah. He finally was like, oh, yeah. So he confesses to stalking a young girl. She was aged anywhere from 14 to 18. Mm. Babies. Babies. Um, she was with some friends. They were tubing down the Deschutes River in Oregon. Oregon? There's a brewery like named that? after. There's a Deschutes that's, brewery. Okay, that's mm-hmm. where I thought I could not figure out where that like name Because I was like, oh yeah, I know where that is. No, I don't. But I know they make beer. <laughs> I've heard of it. Yes. <laughs> so he goes on to admit to, quote, very violently sexually assaulting, end quote, the girl by knife point. His original plan was to make her his victim for his ritual killing that he was planning, but he ended up just letting her go entirely, which at that point wasn't much of a mercy. Mm-mm. Not at all. Like that poor girl. Not the way he fucking described it. Right. I can only imagine what it was actually like. It was probably yeah. horrific. Oh, for sure. If that's his best account of it, like, I'm scared to think what the actual account is. It's or the girl's like, version of it. And it's not like he was bragging. That's what really grosses me out about him is that he's like... Not proud, but, like... Sort of. It was like a hair flip, like, I got away with it, but (laughs) this is what I actually did kind of thing. And I was like, bleh. Gross. Either way. Gross. Fucking gross. Um, So just to add another layer of ick to it, uh, in July of 1998, Keyes is 20 years old. He relocates to New Jersey, and he joins the Army. Checks Mm -hmm. out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He served as a specialist in the Alpha Company, 1st Battalion, 5th Infantry. I do not what know what any means. of that means. Yep. Um, he wanted to serve with the Rangers, however. In order to do so, he had to pass a one-month preliminary training course. He did so, which... I, he was, by all accounts... He was a good he marksman. Was he was well. a good survivalist. He was smart. So yeah. that, I feel like, is things that the Rangers would be looking for. Oh, for sure. Right? He probably did really well and was successful in the Army. Um, so he passed this preliminary training course. He spent time stationed at Fort Lewis in Washington, which I had a friend that lived there. Hmm. And, and I lived in the neighboring base on oh, my yeah, court. Your dad is Air Force. Air Force. So, so and Fort Lewis is literally like hop on the highway next exit. Right there. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very terrifying. <laughs> I don't know this that's probably why I was drawn to this. Right. I mean that would check out. Um, he also spent time at Fort Hood in Texas, which my sister stayed there. She did some archaeological digs back in college. Brother was there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Je- Jesse, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jesse. Hey, um, did you ever listen to this? <laughs> uh, I'll make sure you listen. Yeah. <laughs> Especially to this one. <laughs> right? Um, in addition to these different bases, so he's already been at two different bases, he's been in New Jersey, they send this motherfucker overseas <laughs> to Egypt. Which is not fair, because I, I want to go to Egypt. I don't think you want to go to that Egypt, No, though. My dad was there. I, I know, because your dad has a picture in front of a pyramid, I'm is very, not? I'm very worldly. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, bye. <laughs> So somehow, this crazy psychopath, Israel Keyes, became friends with some soldiers he served with, others who would describe him to have a quiet demeanor. Mm -hmm. He tended to keep to himself, 
But he did let his anger get the best of him at times. He basically threatened another soldier once, told the guy that he would like to kill him. That's a quote. Like to kill him. I picture him being like... I would like to kill you. And then just, like, walk away, mm-hmm. like, kind of Batman-esque, if you I will. I see that. Like, I would like to kill you. And then just leave the <laughs> barracks. <laughs> I That's, could like, see what it. I saw in my head. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but our... Sorry. <laughs> hey. The tangents are what everything's about. Um, so, Mr. Keys was a heavy drinker. I'm going to assume it had to do with his upbringing and his crazy urges and the fact that he's a fucking psychopath. Well, and also, too, I mean, it doesn't seem like they were monitored, but it doesn't seem like they were, like, like it's like they were loosely monitored. <laughs> like, he probably started drinking as a teenager. Drinking yeah. is prevalent in the forces, mm-hmm. the armed forces. Yeah. Um, well, you can't get high. Like, I'd ra- much rather smoke a bowl at times, but you can't do that in the army. Uh, luckily, I mean, I guess, luckily, he's also a freaking idiot because he got arrested for the first time in 2001, but it was just for a DUI. Uh, a plea agreement was made. He had to pay a fine of $350, so... Big money. I mean, to be fair, 98. 2001, I mean. Still, though, $350 is... But so potatoes, I feel. For we'll UI. we'll go well because he, he. I'm sure it was military police. I'm mm. sure it was on a base. There's a lot of factors that go into Fair punishment. Points. Mm-hmm. Fair points. Um, he somehow managed to get honorably discharged from the army. Uh, he received an army achievement medal. Uh, initially, he moved back to Washington State, living in the community of Nay Bay. I don't know. It looked like it was sort of. It looked like it was sort of like a little peninsula that was like a little earlobe kind of thing. (laughs) It is spelled N E A H, something bay. Yeah, it it was bay. He moved back to Washington, right? Initially, (laughs) but in two thousand seven, he's like, you know what? Alaska sounds great. Let me go start a construction business. Yeah. What? (laughs) I mean. This guy's thought process, man. Psychopaths. It is isolated in Alaska. Yeah. They do pay big money for you to move there. And that's been a thing for, like, a while. Mm Because I remember... So this happened... In 2007 was the year that we graduated high school. And, like, we we literally were, like... Maybe we should go to Alaska for, like, a year. And get, like, and get murdered? Well, I didn't know we, that he potentially, was murdering right? people. I feel like that would have happened. The universe known. sent me a big F you that year and threw everything out of whack. Which apparently is, in hindsight, maybe also a good thing. So, <laughs> at least I didn't get murdered in Alaska. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. We're going to go to the year of 2012. Mm. The time that Keyes commits his final murder. So one thing that we learn about Keyes is that he commits his murders very far from his home. He had a living girlfriend and a daughter who was 10 at this time, and he was also well-respected in his community. He was a local small business owner, and he absolutely did not want anybody in Alaska to catch wind of his antics. So, this time, however, he just couldn't seem to help himself because on the night of February 1st, Keyes approaches a local coffee kiosk and proceeds to rob the place and kidnap the barista working. So, those who are familiar with the Keyes case will be familiar with the name Samantha Koenig. And what happened to this poor girl is really fucking sad, really. So, she was working at this 
coffee kiosk called Common Grounds, and it was like a drive-up kind of thing. Because apparently in Alaska, because it's so flipping cold 90% of the time, they just have these tiny little coffee kiosks mm -hmm. where you can just drive up, hand them your travel mug, they'll just put coffee in it, and then you drive away. So you don't have to get out of the car, yeah. you don't have to walk into Starbucks, you don't have to do any of the things. Right. It's just... It's hey, convenient. Easy peasy, yeah. It's basically like a drive-through situation, just like really small. And the thing is, is that Common Grounds is not located in like an abandoned area. There was a Home Depot like across the street. There were people milling around when all of this happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that's I think the thing that gets me the most about the situation yes. is that like there were literally people right there, like right there. So. Keith pulls up right before close. He pulls a gun out. Tells her to shut off the open sign and turns off the lights. So there's vid video footage that you can find fairly easily. Sadly. everywhere. On the internet. You can see her approach where the window is. You can see her put her, her hands up, like, you know, stick them up kind of thing. Yep. And you see her, like, interacting. You can't see who it is, but you see a shadowy figure, I think, if I remember correctly. And... She goes and turns off the light, and then you can't see the person or the gun anymore. Um, she kind of just had the thought process, like, if I comply, I'm going to be safe. He's just robbing the place. I don't give a shit about this place. Like, she's 18 right. years old. Take like, all the coffee. Please. Please. I work at Starbucks. And if somebody came in and was like, let me rob you, I'd be like, would you like help carrying anything out of the building? I have bags. Here like, you go. You want right. this you, cup? You yes. This cup? This will sell for $50 on eBay, yo. Like, crazy cup uh -huh. people do it. You're they welcome. Sure I don't do it. Starbucks, don't fire me. But other people. Crazy cup people. I'm a crazy cup person. You are not. Not that crazy. Trust and believe. Because you don't show up at 5 a.m. No. With, like, your kids in tow and, like, trying to, like, break no. down my drive through it. Well, I have the day a life. after Christmas launch. Ugh. Yeah, I do have a life outside of cups. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, there's this one really awesome lady. She's a regular of our store. She's pretty cool. And she is a cup, a cup lady, but, like, her collection is impressive. <laughs> like, it is. She's got them in, like... A display case. It's a whole thing. It's, I need her name. We need honestly. to be best friends. Uh huh. <laughs> honestly, she's and she's got like a plan, and she got her shit together. She figures it out. Anywho, Israel Keys kidnapped Samantha. The parking lot was not empty at all. Like I said, there were people milling around. So Keys made her pretend like she was drunk and was leaning on him for support. Uh, the door to the coffee kiosk was unlocked, and this is important later. So he drives around with her for hours in the car, just like quiet. And she's just sitting there, kind of talking back and forth with him whenever he would like say something to her. But like I said, she just wanted to survive. So she's like, I'm just gonna get through this. And at one point, they even pull up next to a police cruiser with two officers in it. And she doesn't attempt to alert them. She does nothing. Mm -mm. Poor girl. Well, there was even a panic button in the coffee kiosk, literally right next to the lights. And she she made from what I from what I understand, she like made the conscious choice to like not it had to have been a conscious decision to not do that. Right. No, not Jen. Not Jen. <laughs> I think I would have taken Panic my away. my chances with him shooting me. I'm either gonna die by him shooting me or he's gonna try to kidnap me and kill me. So either way I'm gonna die. Yeah. 
but I'm gonna at least try to, like, live. I would automatically assume murder. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Honestly. For sure. If I would have seen the cops, I would have looked and I would have just mouthed, help. <laughs> right? Help. So, but she doesn't do that. She literally no. just stays staring, like, straight out the Mm-mm. windshield. She, you know, reasons that this was just a robbery and a kidnapping. Because he says to her, I'm going to take you and I'm going to ask for ransom. So she's under the impression that this guy is just going to do these these handful of nope. terrible but not the worst things. Right. She was just basically a pawn at this point. So they drive around for hours. After the police thing, he, like, shoves her in the back seat, makes her lays down. Um, he takes her to her to his home, and he locks her in his shed. Mm. Yes. Because, <laughs> of course, this he has me. a locked shed. Yeah. This gets me. So, he goes inside to ensure that his girlfriend and his daughter are still sleeping. And he also crushes some wine. Because, you know, he's an alcoholic, so he, like... Allegedly, it was, like, at least a whole bottle yeah. in, like, 10 minutes yeah. or 20 minutes or like, something it was, crazy. It would be impressive if he wasn't a psycho. I mean, I love wine. Right. I do not drink wine like that. <laughs> no. No. I think the only time I ever even get remotely close is Wine Fest. And <laughs> that's like. That is Wine Power Hour. A that is occasion. different. Don't take me to Wine Fest. Yeah. <laughs> take her to Wine Fest. It's a good time. Actually, take me to Wine Fest. <laughs> it is a good time. So he crushes this wine and he decides he's going to go ask for his ransom, but he needs her debit card. She didn't grab any of her personal shit. So she didn't have a coat. She didn't have her purse. She didn't have her cell phone. She didn't have anything. Everything was left there. So he, like, it's almost comical because he, like, trenches back out into the shed and he's like, where's your debit card? And she's like, I don't, I don't have it on me. Like, everything's Why there. would I have it on me? Right. And so he goes back to the coffee shop. Place is still unlocked. He goes in. He gets her, her purse, her cell phone, her coat. And then he locks up. So it looks as if she just robbed the place herself and left. And Samantha was a recovering drug addict, so this was definitely going to play a role. Like, this is kind of important in the way that police handle things, essentially. So, Mm -hmm. he goes back... Or didn't handle. mm -hmm, As is tradition with most of these cases. So, he goes back and he's like, ah, fuck. Purse doesn't have a debit card. So, he goes back to the shed. And he's like, where the fuck is your debit card? And she's like, I don't have one. I share it with my boyfriend, Dwayne. He's like, well, where... Dwayne... Where is this Dwayne? And so she gives him the address, and he goes... Like I said, almost comical. This gets me. (laughs) This This literally gets me. The whole thing is just insane. He goes to Dwayne's house. He gets into the car. Because Dwayne had left his truck unlocked. Mm Because it's Alaska. Like, it's just... I I feel like it's those small town vibes. Everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. It's a safe town. Like, whatever. Exactly. So he gets into the car, and he finds a debit card. But not before Dwayne steps out onto his front porch and fucking sees him. Mm -hmm. And they have, like, a staring contest. And then Dwayne's like, get out of here. And Keys books it. And Keys gone. With a debit card. With a debit card. So, Dwayne apparently, like, just didn't think anything of it. So, at this point, Keys has the card and he has her phone. He takes her phone and he texts her dad and boyfriend saying, I had a hard day at work, going, going to some friend's house. And again, recovering drug addict. So, nobody was surprised that she just took off for a night. She also got into a fight with her man that night. Or maybe the day before. I don't really remember. It was, but like, right before fight. she disappeared, yeah. yeah. 
So he texts the family, the whole thing. He goes back to the shed. And he goes back to the shed yet again because he couldn't remember the pin to the debit card. You want, you, he had one job. Huh? He, he's like, one job. So <laughs> I was reading, like, quotes from this whole thing, and he literally tells the police, he's like, I couldn't remember the pin number. I couldn't remember the pin number. And in my head, I'm thinking of that scene from Schitt's Creek. Are you familiar at all? I have not There's a scene. seen it. Okay, it's super, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? There's yeah. a, it's super fun. You need to watch it. There's a scene in Schitt's Creek where David is trying to get money out of his account, and he keeps telling the bank account, he's like, I need, it's my pin number, it's my pin number. And his dad is like, it's just a pin. It's just a pin. And he's like, I know my pin number. He's like, no, it's just a pin. And, like, the bank people are, fight, like, fighting with him, and he's, like, not registering that he's, like, being redundant. And Israel Keys is the same way. He kept being like, what's the pin number? And it just made me think of that. Because, again, if this wasn't so horrible, it would be comical by how, like, ill-prepared he is. It's in true. comparison to, like, his M.O. Like, for whatever reason, this whole situation with Samantha Koenig, I feel like, really threw him for a loop. I don't know if he was just so tempted, he just couldn't, like, say no, or, like, what his deal was. Because in every other aspect, he's so methodical. Mm-hmm. And everything is so planned out. This just is not <laughs> I just wonder all. if he got too confident. Maybe. That could be, too. You know, yeah. Like, it's been his whole life, pretty much, that he's been doing really atrocious shit. Like, killing animals, doing all this dumb shit, breaking into places. Assaulting like, people. You know, and, like, I just wonder, did he, like, did he just get too ballsy? So either way, he gets the pin, and he goes and tests to make sure the debit card works. So, it does. He comes back. And this is where it gets kind of rough. He sexually assaults mm. her multiple times in, like, a very small time limit. Like, I want to say no more than 30 minutes, and he did it, like, three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... Yeah, it was, like, three uh, or four times. And this poor girl is, like, staying strong this entire time. Like, she's just trying to keep it together. Because she thinks she's going to be she getting let go. is enduring. Like, so the next day, he comes back out to the shed... After, and after he goes and lays down next to his girlfriend. With his kid in the other room. Like, Fucking ooh. gross. Just ooh. so gross. She asks him, point blank, are you going to kill me? And he goes, yes. Yes, I am. Like, just matter of fact. Like, it was just like, yeah, actually. Like, how did you, how did you not figure that out yet? This is what I do. Traumatizing. And she tries to talk him out of it very calmly, but he begins to strangle her anyway. And then he locks her body in the shed, and he leaves for a two-week cruise on February 2nd. Cruise. Literally, so it gets, apparently the shed was unheated, so Mm -hmm. he wrapped her up in a tarp, basically, and just... And it's it's Alaska. Yep. So it gets cold. And cold. In my big freezer, basically. And he just left her there while he flew to New Orleans to go on this cruise. Woke up up his kids like right after he strangled her. His kid and his girlfriend was like, "Let's go, guys." Took pictures. Mm -hmm. Um. So while he's out gallivanting on this cruise, the search for Samantha begins. Um, a coworker of Samantha's goes into the coffee shop the next morning to open and notices that basically everything is not right. Um, the place has been at the very least robbed. Uh, so she calls 911. 
Um, the police initially begin to investigate, but they lean heavily into the theory that she was nothing more than an addict who robbed her own place of employment and is now out on a bender, which is sad because they probably could have accomplished a lot if they just would have yeah. looked into it just so the slightest bit. I read that, that blog slash like podcast transcription of yeah. the casual criminalist, which super informative and I was really interested in it. And they said something about how police tend to just lock onto something and they just are so tunnel vision. And and we spoke about this during the Scott Peterson case, like it absolutely happens. They're like this is and a lot of it's just intuition and they're like, This is the most obvious The most likely sub suspect is probably the most likely suspect. Sounds like a duck. Looks like a duck. It's most likely a duck. But it's probably a zebra. Um, it's, it's, it's not the way that fucking goes. <laughs> um, luckily, Samantha's father was like, y'all are dumb. Your tunnel vision is yeah. dumb. You need to look into this. He <laughs> remained firmly rooted in his belief that something more had happened. Uh, he was holding vigils, putting pressure on the authorities to do something. Um, and eventually her story begins to make the national news. Um, and pretty much this, I feel, forces the police. Yeah. <laughs> After weeks to finally start entertaining the idea that maybe she didn't just take the money and run. Right. Finally. Um, so on Saturday, February 18th, Mr. Keys comes back to Alaska. Um, he spent the rest of that weekend being the dutiful father. Gross. Uh, and the following morning when everybody was at school or work... He heads right on out to the shed, the big fridge in the backyard. Um, this is where it gets really gross again. It's yeah, just layers. Um, because just he trigger warning. Yeah, yeah stuff all around. Really, really gross. He sexually assaults Samantha's body. He applies heavy makeup and braids her hair. Uh, in an attempt to make her look alive, he tried to super glue her eyelids open. Um, which didn't work, because... <laughs> nope, so what did he do next? Uh, he took a curved needle and fishing mm-hmm. line and sewed her eyelids open. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Disgusting. Gross. So, to try and prove that he had an alibi, he holds up a four-day-old newspaper and took a few photos of Samantha's body. I think he thought she would look alive, uh, which she doesn't. No. There is a picture floating around on the internet. I they said it was fake from what I read. Yeah. I have found I did find like conflicting reports. So the casual criminalist is alleging that the picture circulating the internet is a fake that was put out there Mm-mm. like in place of either way, it's still creepy. It happened and it, it this picture is not for the faint of heart. The first time I ever heard about this case, I did google it. So I mean, no judgment if you do. It's fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, this... It it looks like a wax, like, sculpture from the movie The House of Wax. Yes. Like, with the dead yep. people inside. So, you know a what horror I mean? yeah. like, movie. <laughs> literally, like, the Paris Hilton version, because that's... It, that's one of my favorite movies, because mm-hmm. it's so bad. It's so bad. It's but so I bad. I love it Judging. so much. Oh, Judging. That's fine. Judge me all. Judge. Time. I don't care. You judge us, I don't soon. care. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. <laughs> um, so he takes this gross picture, 
He sends it to the police and he demands thirty thousand dollars in ransom. Just thirty. Uh, he yeah. sent her dad a text that read, Connor Park sign under pick of Albert Ain't She Purdy, spelled P-U-R-T-Y. Sounds like somebody that didn't go to school. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> like, what in the people under the stairs? <laughs> I'm just saying. The hills have eyes. Like, that's what I'm imagining right Ooh, now. Honest. I mean, honestly, though. People under the stairs. Mm. I'm just saying. Um, so apparently he was referring to a lost dog poster at said park. Under the poster, on the ground, in a Ziploc bag, there was the note and a black and white copy of the pic that he took of Samantha. Hmm. Yeah. The black and white effect of it, honestly, just adds to the overall creep factor. But they actually couldn't figure out if she was really alive. Right. With all of their technology and FBIing and stuff. Because we're in what? Well, 2012, yeah. 2013? Yeah. Yeah, but still you have eyes. Which at this point is 10 years ten years ago. But I mean like 10 years ago though. We had still... quite a bit of technology. Yeah. I have a chocolate phone from Verizon. It was pretty badass. I'm dead. <laughs> Oh, man. The thing that gets me the most about this is, like, Sue's mentioned the FBI thing. They brought in a specialist, right? Literally a specialist. Yeah, in snuff hung. films. Yeah, That's snuff- where people get killed at the end. <laughs> like, what? And he was like, I don't know. I can't tell. Can't determine. <laughs> could not reach a conclusion. Maybe oh. it's because she was a popsicle. <laughs> and just so well preserved. I mean, I feel no, bad. I mean, no, that's, but that's she was so well preserved. Yeah. Well, I did read apparently the super glue sort of messed some things up, which is why he what? went with the fishing line instead. Yes. But I just, I can't Silver imagine it. Still, I, I did not Google the picture for those who are wondering because mm. I don't want to be traumatized. Don't, me uh, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Anyways, so this note was written on an old typewriter. Uh, It mentioned that Samantha tried to get away twice. Once outside Common Grounds, the coffee kiosk, and once in the desert, which was an obvious attempt at misdirection, because where in Alaska... I mean, maybe there are deserts, but... Tundras. I don't know. I just think that this is... Having never been to Alaska, I don't know. I just have a lot of questions. I just think of whales. Free Willy. I mean, right. Alaska's very beautiful. But he just made it ugly. No, it's true. The thing that the thing that we see here is that he he seems to have kidnapped Samantha on a whim. But here we're seeing that methodical thought process that, come back into that play. That planning and Yeah, cuz I mean he's going to a whole nother fucking like extreme to avoid detection. Like the the stuff with the body is crazy. He also informed authorities that he was going to take the cash out in small increments. I think he wanted it put in, like, her account, and mm-hmm. he was going to take yeah. it out with her debit card yes. or something. Yes. And once the money was gone, quote-unquote, I'm assuming once he had it all in his possession mm-hmm. within, like, 6 to 8, 12 months, whatever. He, he literally said, this will take 6 to 12 months. Because he had it planned. Right. I'm, I'm going to assume he was going to move around and do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
after all this was concluded, he said he was going to send a packet of information leading to where Samantha was supposedly stashed. You know, one year later. But we all know that she's deceased. Right. Um, so what he does... <laughs> as Suze looks at me. Cause, she already knows. He cuts her body into five different mm. pieces. Um, and this was the part that got me again. This was like the methodical planning crazy side yeah, of him. Like the um, out. He sets up an ice fishing hut, which is not all that rare. No. Um, he takes the pieces of her body. He uses lead fishing weights. Um, and he basically sinks them into the lake where he then fishes for fish to feed his family. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, the only I guess bright-ish spot was that um, Samantha's remains are eventually found, but it's not until after Keyes is arrested and tells them exactly what horrific things he did. Yeah. So, as we've mentioned quite a handful of times at this point, we are located in the Erie PA, and we have the beautiful uh, Presque Isle Peninsula Mm -hmm. at our disposal. It's really, like, the brightest part of living here. It's pretty cool. we... We there's ice fishers out on the lake all the time during the winter because we live in the frozen tundra about six months well, out of the year. Well, when it freezes, our lake actually doesn't freeze all that frequently yeah. anymore. But yeah, well, thanks well, global warming. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, a few years ago, after I learned about this case, I literally every t- every single time because Mark and I take drives down there quite frequently. Oh yeah, even in the like especially in the winter. Honestly, it's so pretty. But you know, you see. The people at their houseboats, you see them at their little shacks out there fishing, and I'm literally, every time, I'm like, murderer! Mm-hmm. Murder! Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, I see an abandoned car, I'm like, that's a murder car. It's true. You have told me <laughs> about a, murder cars there's before. There's a dead body in that <laughs> car. Easy peasy. <laughs> so, I just can't get over how fucked up this dude is. Like, honestly, every time I talk about him, I'm just, like, blown away again. The authorities decide to give in to the ransom demands, which honestly is like the first smart thing that they did. Finally. They put the money into Samantha's account and they begin to track the ATM withdrawals withdraws in an attempt to pin this guy, this guy down. So, the timeline of the withdrawals goes as follows. February 29th, at almost midnight, $500 is pulled out uh, in Anchorage. The police show up, but he's already gone. He's like a phantom. The ATM footage show, just shows a masked man. It's again, methodical. He knew there was going to be cameras at the ATM. The next withdrawal was made at uh, just after midnight on March 3rd. Also in Anchorage, it was $500. Um, he was pulling out small amounts because there were daily cash withdrawal limits. So that really, like, hindered his ability to pull out a lot of money. $30,000? That would take eight years. $500 a day, I believe, is what the limit was for most of them. Well, and some ATMs won't even let you take out that much cash anymore. Like, some ATMs are like, oh, you want to pull out more than $200? I'm going to need you to come inside with, like, the price. Kidnapped and murdered. Maybe your eyes sewn open. (laughs) I do always think when I go to ATMs, I'm like, this is what they'll see if I'm being robbed or murdered, is my face, like, I should really just, like, anytime I'm pulling out money and just be like, help me. (laughs) No, don't do that. I always, I never get, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. My, my fatal flaw 
In addition to not being able to parallel park or pull in, like, backwards and park. And I taught you how to parallel park. It's not practical. You taught me, but it was, it's not practical. It is practical. Sorry. That's <laughs> another day, okay? Anyways, I also have a really hard time. I don't drive very often anymore. Mark drives everywhere. I'm you have spoiled right now. Mark. I basically have a chauffeur, chauffeur for the last 12 years. Chauffeur. It's my chauffeur. Papa Mark. Some fancy. It's Papa Mark. Um, he takes good care of me. So I don't drive very often. And when I do and I have to go to an ATM, I am that person who has to like unbuckle my seatbelt. I have to open the car door. I have to basically be out of the car. And every time I'm like, I'm going to get fucking robbed. You're an <laughs> like, old lady at I the am. ATM. Yes. I mean, to be fair, I also have to do that. But Thank I'm, you. I have an irrational fear of ripping off my side mirror somehow. Because I see a lot of... If you girls just don't go to a get-go where there's no <laughs> surcharge free, like, you're actually going in... I see a lot of, like, skid marks on the side of bank buildings, and it terrifies me. Y'all be driving wild out here. Hence, somebody who just hit my car. Okay, Jen Perry. We're not going to talk about that. I didn't even know that I hit your car. It's true. It was actually really funny. She met me at Michael's. And Mark and I walk out, and we're like, oh, this is weird. And then we look at her car, we're like, oh, that's weird. They match up. And she's like, no, 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 that happened at the gym. I did get hit at the gym. To be honest. <laughs> and then Mark's like, get in the car. He's like, so like, we know that she hit her car. Right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah. And then I looked at my car. I was like, I definitely hit their car. Should I tell them? Yes. And then I texted her. I was like, so my car kissed your car. She kissed it. Kissed it. The kiss. <laughs> it really did. There was no damage. There wasn't anything. To damage. yours. But it was funny. And to that's, mine. That's the funny thing is that she she was like, she no way. your car and injured her car? I yeah. did. Stella is bruised. Oh, no. <laughs> I literally Stella. was just like, yeah, well, Mark and I already knew this, but thanks for at least admitting it. I felt guilty. Thanks I was for being honest. honest. I was just, I was upset. I'm it sorry. Funny. It's fine. Anyways, but I'm a good driver. It's just a funny story. Allegedly. Just not I was just in a hurry to get to Michael's, okay? Gotta she get them deals, like, y'all. She literally, like, ran into the store. She's like, we go into the craft store. <laughs> I like it. When I don't it's have my store. kids, I just run places, <laughs> and I get very excited. Because we get to act like kids. So anyways, I'm an old lady at the ATM. We get it. So, if I ever get robbed, they're going to see me, like, hanging onto my cart door for, like, dear life. She's going to see like, your full me. face. To be fair, I usually have my taser, like, situated somewhere handy. In She's going to be like happens. the old lady on the commercials. Help yeah. me, I've fallen and That's I can't fine. get up. Probably. That's cool. I, I accept this fate. It's fine. So, March 7th, <laughs> getting back into things, at approximately 10 p.m., he withdraws $400 that time in Wilcox, Arizona. Arizona. That's like 14 states south of Alaska. Well, in Alaska. the whole country. Because, you know, Canada. Canada. <laughs> like, is in between. So, four days, he goes to Arizona. That same night, just before midnight, because, again, he's a fucking idiot, he makes an attempt to withdraw another $400, but he can't. Daily limit, bro. He can only take out 80 So, $480 that day. And then on March 9th, at approximately 11.30 p.m., he pulls out $483, random, in Humble City, Texas. So we went from Arizona to Texas. They managed to get their hands on some ATM footage, the authorities, police people. 
And the we're Texas <laughs> Ranger. Texas Ranger. I'm pretty sure it was Walker, Texas Ranger. I hope so. It was Chuck Norris. We're just gonna pretend that's what it's it is. Chuck Norris. It's the only thing that's making the story better. Um, so they were able to figure out that the suspect was driving a white Ford Focus. He, um, the car was like in the shot in some way, shape, or form. So I assume that they put out an APB because on March 13th, Highway Patrol were able to track down a vehicle that matched this description in Lufkin, Texas, which I've never I heard of. I love that word. I've never heard of it before. I was like, Lufkin. Lufkin. It's cute. I, Let's like, move there. The way that it's spelled is also kind of just funny looking. It's L-U-F-K-I-N. It's just like a weird looking word. I need a rocker on my porch in Lufkin. In Lufkin, Texas. That'd be I mean, cute. That's not a great place for women right now, so maybe we can pick somewhere else. Maybe some like, cornbread. We'll see what happens. I, I, just, I just want somewhere hot. Anyways, going yeah. on. Let's go to Vegas. Mm. Like Grandma. It's I'm wearing not. a diaper. But that's another story yeah, for another, another story. day. <laughs> I'll tell you all about Jen. Jennifer Papa Squat. Just telling you. Just with peeing outside and wearing diapers. I love to pee outside. I'm one with nature. No judgments. It's hey, a good time. I mean, at least you'll be able to maybe survive in the wild a lot better than me because I don't like to pee in nature. A lot better than keys apparently. Yeah. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so they find this car parked at a quality inn and keys. He was uh, enjoying his sister's wedding at this hotel. I'm shaking my damn head. Right. The patrolman watches the car, because he's like, hmm, this, this kind of, like, checks all my boxes. So he sees that a tall man in his 30s gets into this car, and then he leaves the parking lot. So the police begin to trail the vehicle. And the fucking very second that that car began to speed at two miles per hour over the speed limit. This made me laugh, because, like, you know they wanted his ass, because yeah, like, oh. two miles per hour over the speed limit, they were like, boo! The speed limit's 45, you're going light. 45 and a half, excuse me, sir, I'm going to need you to pull over, license and registration, please. Put your hands on the steering wheel. I actually, um, we have a police officer who comes through uh, the Bucks quite often in the mornings, and I asked him today, I was like, out of curiosity, I was like, would you ever, like, pull someone over, like, if you, like, knew that you were, like, trailing somebody that, like, I basically explained the situation to him, I was like, is that, like, a thing, and he's like, oh, fuck yeah, he's like, we absolutely do that, like, 100%, and I was like, that's hilarious and perfect. At least somebody's paying attention. Right. Unlike, unlike Alaska, Texas was looking out for their man. I mean, Texas plays no games. I will I will give them credit where credit is due in mm-hmm. that regard. So, they threw on the lights, they pull him over. And the officer asks Keys for his driver's license, and he says, huh, it's from Alaska. Aw, Weird. How strange. Weird. Um, the FBI send Agent Ganaway to the scene. He and a Texas Ranger inspect the vehicle and find some incriminating stuff. I wonder what it is. <laughs> well, tell me, Suze. Tell me. There's definitely a gun. There's also, just for fun, some women's pink panties. Um, there's a ski mask and white tennis shoes, which was worn... Which was what was worn by the suspect on the ATM footage. Um, there's lots of porn, because God knows you can't travel without your porn. <laughs> apparently. Because um, you're a weirdo. I would personally put in, like, a black leather bag. That's just you cool. wouldn't just spew it around your rental car He's to like, sell Why not? Right? Porn DVDs. 
He also had rolls of cash stained by a dye pack, which, in case you weren't listening, it that's usually a robbery. Mm-hmm. You don't what? just get dollar bills stained by dye for fun. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, and this is the clincher. They find Samantha's debit card and her cell phone. He is clearly an upstanding citizen mm-hmm. of Texas, um, So they arrest Israel. Uh, they begin to question him. Um... He goes on to tell him all about the wedding, how he was planning to hit up the Grand Canyon while he was out this way, quote-unquote. He tells police there was no way he had anything to do with anything. Um, (laughs) Those items just happened to end up in his car because an unknown human must have just thrown them in there without his knowledge. This is the thing that gets me. He must think that he is the smartest man in the room. Mm -hmm. Because who's going to believe that? And we see this a lot with these type of people. Yeah, we really do. Like, they're just so... Again, and this is why... this is Like, kind you're of, blatantly lying, yeah. sir. The evidence proves that you're blatantly lying. Well, and this is what leads me to believe that he was just so sure that he was going to be able to continue, you know, his murderous ways. Because, like, he got away with it. For and this he, long. He obviously thought that was going to work. That's not... It's like... It's like when That's you get, a thumbs down. It's literally like when I got He literally got was like, I, I got set up. The yeah. whole thing. Some unknown up. person just threw all the porn and die-packed rolled dollar bills. From Alaska. Who's going to do Who's gonna do that, though? Like, he's, mm. he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. So while all this is going down in Texas, the police in Anchorage pays Keyes' home a little visit. So they're obviously, like, in... In having conversations with one another. They're finally putting two and two together. And so, no one is home, but they do confirm that the truck parked in the driveway matched the truck seen driving out of the area that Samantha had been inducted. Like I mentioned earlier, there is a Home Depot, like, across the fucking street, and they, the police got camera footage from them that was, like, showing the parking lot. And, and apparently, they saw the car you could see kind of a lot of the parking mm-hmm. lot also. So you, they got a good view of the vehicle. Sure did. Hopefully. I remember I watched. I can't remember if I watched the documentary or if I was listening to another podcast because it was a few years ago at this point. But I do remember them mentioning something about, um, like the whole. Sorry. sorry, Jen's like taking pictures. And I'm she's sorry, I'm documenting. Completely, my train, my train of thought is gone. <laughs> Absolutely gone. So <laughs> there was mention of the truck. So the truck played an important role because apparently they were trying to. They had gotten this footage before the whole thing in Texas happened. Yes, and they were try. They were like rule, ruling out people who owned this truck and they came across keys in this search and they cleared him ha 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 yeah well because for all intents and purposes he did seem like a fine upstanding right. business owner a father nice family man dirt 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 lies so so i think that was really interesting too because you know Dwayne, like, saw him. It was, like, a whole thing. Like They literally looked eye to eye, and I know it was, like, nighttime, but still, like, he had to have seen his face. Well, I mean, who knows? If it was during the time of year where Alaska is sunny all the time, who knows if it was actually dark out? True. I don't. 
Me either. I wasn't there. I couldn't survive in Alaska. I feel like I would really like the darkness. <laughs> I'm basically a vampire at this Ooh, point. Ooh, they in my should life. do Naked and Afraid in Alaska. Oh. I've never actually watched that show, but me I've heard either. It's like but ridiculous. She's usually <laughs> they usually put them in a rainforest because she's you know, spitting everywhere. Stuff. Just Why would you guys. put them in a? Ra- There's bugs. There are lots of bugs. Big and you're naked. Crawlies and you're naked. I think the girls get to have like a satchel for whatever reason. The, the well, guys I mean, get to have a satchel. Too, does everybody get a satchel? Everybody yeah, gets a satchel. You can't even sit on anything. You you're just, giving them a direct line right up in there. I don't. Mm-mm. I don't like any. In all your crevices. Hated it. <laughs> all the crevices are. Sorry. <laughs> so Keys gets extradited to Alaska. Finally. And this is kind of when he starts to begin to confess his crimes, because he's caught now. Which, I will say, he was kind of like a squirrely motherfucker with Mm -hmm. the authorities. Like, he'd only give them little bits. Mm -hmm. Because, again, as we stated in the beginning, he didn't want to be, like, the notorious Israel Keys. He wanted to, like... Run under the radar, I guess, as a serial killer? Or the thing that gets me... The thing that... Like, I, I... I logically understand his thought process because he had a daughter who who he clearly loved. But, like, you didn't give a shit about anybody else. Like, everybody else that you killed, like, they had family. Right, for sure. Or somebody most likely in their life that, like, cared about them and wanted, you know, them to be around still. And so, like, I... Do I feel for your daughter? Sure. Do I feel for, like, Ted Bundy's daughter? Sure. But at the end of the day, these men are psychopaths, and they're murdering people, and you don't deserve to be swept under the rug. Well, and I, when I first started researching this, after I'd heard from Jen and Brie, like, this guy and his murder buckets, I was like, wait, murder what? buckets. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. They're and still I, across the United States. Allegedly ones that they have not found yet. Yeah. Where he had plotted crimes and just not gotten around yeah. to them. So, we start to learn a lot about Keys. And this is what we find out. You don't think it can get worse, and then it does. He liked to target isolated places. He would travel across the United States in order to avoid detection, which we saw just with, like, the ATM withdrawal. Yeah, like from Alaska to Arizona to Texas. Like, dear goodness gracious. He would plan for months in advance. Now, the thing that makes Keys scary, in my opinion, is that he did not have a specific victimology. Not at all. He, his vic, his his murders were planned, but his victims were not. Not at all. He would stash his murder buckets in strategic spots near like some place where he thought would be a good place to murder somebody, and then he would just kill whoever was convenient, and that's terrifying. He would also just fly into one city, rent a car, and then drive, like, six more states over just to commit a crime and then reverse that to go back to Alaska. Mm-hmm. That shit's terrifying. So I attempted to make a murder bucket. <laughs> so, now that we're at the point, like, let's talk murder buckets. The, the thing- official murder bucket. <laughs> I felt really odd about it. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I get it. I had, gonna- stop. <laughs> I had to stop. I had to stop. Because sometimes I'm like, I started with the tarp, and then I was like, mm. <laughs> this, is, this is already too far. Well, so the one I saw on the FBI website, mm-hmm. they don't show you a lot of it. They basically no. popped the top and were like, took a picture of yeah, like no, down no, in. No. Yeah. But it was said to contain a homemade silencer, mm-hmm. uh, empty magazines, yeah. a gun. There were glasses or like pieces of 
stained fabric, perhaps for like a disguise mm-hmm. of some sort. Yeah. There flashlights. was money, uh, flashlights, zip ties, garbage bags, like. Yeah. What? Like when we say we're we're saying murder buckets facetiously, but like he he himself called them like his murder murder kits. kits. Yeah. So I mean, like he literally had buckets full of. I just imagine him going into like Lowe's or Home Depot and was like, here's my 10 gallon bucket. Right. He's like, just grabbing yep. stuff off the shelf. <laughs> like, like oh, this it's is okay, I'm just painting today. Right. Well, and he allegedly did it multiple times over because, as we'll find out, there are a lot more murders that can be tied to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as we said, there are probably a lot more buckets out there that are just buried in the earth that we yeah. don't know about. Because he moved around so much and had no specific victimology that nobody can pinpoint, like, where he was planning next. Exactly. So if you come across the bucket, let us know. And also be be wary. (laughs) Because you don't know what's in the bucket. It could be a trick one. It could. He's a wily son of a bitch. Was. (laughs) It could be a bomb or something crazy. You just never know with these guys. So if you see Lowe's Home Depot bucket buried Just in the buried ground, in the ground, be scared. <laughs> be very scared. But also, please call be us. Afraid. Head us afraid. up. Like we want to <laughs> know. But call the call the authorities. Call first. the authorities and then call us. Well, because like I said, the FBI website. Because I did actually go on their website for research. It literally just showed a, like, aerial view looking Mm -hmm. down into the bucket. And I was like, well, that's disappointing. (laughs) But then I got on Reddit and people were like, oh, no, I see, like, this and that. And I was like, I don't see any of those He just grabbed, like, a plethora worth of things. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. But. So he had a preferred method. Which was not guns. No. It was strangulation. strangulation. Yep. Just like his idol, Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked to watch his victims suffer, and he felt yep. as though he possessed his victims. Which, which didn't ugh. Bundy say something? Similar, about? yes. Gross. Um, he also claimed, uh, in this weird, I guess, code of ethics for serial killers, he claimed to not kill children or parents due to a fear of his daughter finding out about his crimes. Oh, that was if sweet of him. If you're that worried about your daughter, just don't out, kill don't people. commit the crime. Right. That was so sweet of him and thoughtful. Yeah, really, really... You made murder buckets! <laughs> what a really kind gesture. Murder buckets! <laughs> and it's actually believed his first murders could have taken place as early as 1996 or 1997 in his hometown of Colville. Which that only places him at like 18 and 20. Mm-hmm. He was what, born yep. 78? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is a crime that sort of fits with like his MO. It was two teenage girls and one of their mothers disappeared. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I believe the crime is still marked unsolved. Mm-hmm. Murder buckets. Right. Um, so they're, they're thinking that he could have stopped during uh, the time he was in the army. Um, and resumed again in 2001 when he got out. Um, he admitted to killing four people in Washington, which they're investigating still, I feel. I, I don't think they've right. actually solved any of them. Um, he also claimed to be under investigation by the FBI. I think that was pretty much a consistent thing that he was like, they're watching me. 
Because that's a, I believe, yeah. like a, I, well, I, a hell people thing. Well, yeah. Like, the whole, like, paranoia. What in the people under the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and I also think, too, that he was probably at that point aware that the FBI had been brought in. I mean, he crossed jurisdiction, so the FBI is going to be involved. And so he probably, I mean, this was probably something that just, boot, like, boosted his ego. Oh, for sure. He's like, oh, I'm being investigated by the FBI. Um, and here's the thing that sort of ties back to his claims about not killing children or parents. Um, in 2007, there was a killer in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca Raton. Which I thought was all old people, but yeah. apparently is not. Um, there were three cases where a mother and a child were kidnapped from a mall. Oh. The suspect wore a mask and sunglasses. The surviving victim did see his face. He was tall, athletically built, with long hair, which all of that matched keys mm-hmm. at the time. Um, out of these three cases, two of them, the victims were shot and killed, and the bodies were abandoned in their cars. The third case, the mother that saw the suspect, mm-hmm. they survived. He just let them go after several hours. Wow. So, again, they're not sure, but all signs point to that might could be Israel Keys at work. continues to speak to this, like, duality of his mindset. Like, he's methodical, he premeditates, he does all of these things to, like, put this into place to be safe, and then he just leaves their bodies in the car. Well, and also he's just being a pathological liar. It's almost like he didn't want the authorities to think poorly of him. Yeah. Yeah. Which they already do, because they have you lock, stock, and barrel for Samantha's murder. So, at this point, what do you have to lose? Well, murder, and kidnapping, and attempted murder, and, like, robbery, and I think you get in trouble if you do a ransom, like... Oh, for sure. Kidnapping is its own separate charge, I believe. Right. Um... So, again, he's just confessing the whole kit and caboodle. Apparently, there was a murder in New York. He did own 10 acres of property there with some sort of ramshackle house (laughs) on the property. Um, He confesses to this murder, but nobody knows any details because at certain points, he would, like, give the authorities a lot, and then he'd just clam up and be like, no, I don't want to talk, which I can only imagine how frustrating that would be. Um, he did rob a bank in 2009 in New York, which that could be where the dyed bundles of money from come, you know, came from, but who knows? He, Probably. He robbed a lot of banks. Mm-hmm. Um, he is responsible, believed to be responsible, for the murder of a Deborah Feldman. It was happened in April 2009 in New Jersey. Um, she was buried near Tupper Lake, New York, which, again, he had property in New York, so... Ten acres mm-hmm. very That's large. kind of a lot, especially... There are some parts that everybody thinks New York is, like, New York City, right, but like New York State goes out very far, and it's there's a lot of wild country. stuff, mm-hmm. especially... We live right near, like, Ripley and Chautauqua mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and it's definitely more, like, easygoing lake life. Wine country. Yeah. Yep, exactly. We like to go to the, the wineries out there because New York has no rules, and PA has all rules. It's all true. rules. And they have a really, they have really nice wineries out there, which I would 10 out of 10 recommend. And that's the thing, and this is why we kind of jumped around a little bit with, like, the timeline, because, like, we didn't know any of this before we None encountered the situation with Samantha. And not all of it is confirmed. 
So there's another set of murders that he does confess to, and I believe that they were able to confirm to some extent. I think so. Um, it took place on June 8th of 2011 in Essex, Essex, Vermont. Words are hard. Um, he broke into their home, he tied up the couple, and he drove them to an abandoned farmhouse. He shot Bill, he sexually assaulted Lorraine, and then strangled her. The bodies were never found. But two years previous, Keyes buried one of his murder buckets. Murder buckets. He eventually moves this particular kit to Parrishville, New York, where it remained under his arrest. Which really, I think, is interesting, too, because, like, okay, so he buries the buckets, but then he moves them on a whim also. So he didn't just have, like... It leads me to believe he had, like, a set number of buckets. True. You know what I mean? Like... I could see that. Although, who knows? He's just got the weirdest tendencies. So, like... Who knows? So, this is where I personally think the dye pack money came from. Yes, me so too. there is... He is the suspect in the murder of a Jimmy Tidwell. So, Jimmy Tidwell was an older man in his 50s who uh, went missing in Texas in February of 2012, which was... It happened while Keyes was there visiting his family post-cruise. So, he gets back stateside from the cruise, and he actually hangs out in Texas for a hot minute visiting family. Probably in, like pre-wedding activities, I would assume. Because it said, I feel like the crew's left out of New Orleans. It did. So mm-hmm. that's not, I mean, obviously this man loves to travel. Right. So. He's very worldly. Yeah, yeah. worldly. No He's a deal. something. That's for certain. <laughs> so, um, they never find the body of Jimmy Tidwell, uh, but they did find his truck five miles from the home, like his own home. Um, and then Keyes was confirmed to have robbed a bank 170 miles away. Hence the dye packs in cash. Right. In, so the, in the rental car. This suspect was seen wearing a hard hat that was similar to one that Tidwell was wearing while, like, when he went missing. And the suspect also had long hair, which at the time of Keyes' arrest, he did not have long hair. Not at all. So the theory is that instead of Gross. a wig... Oh, he's oh scalped, God, a oh God. He Jimmy. scalped Jimmy Tidwell oh. and wore his scalp... As part of his disguise. Oh. It's like, what, some Ed Gein shit? I'm I... Oh, bye, skin suit. Is it Buffalo Bill? It yeah, puts that, the lotion yep. on the skin That's, or it gets the hose He out. was based on Ed, Ed mm. Gein. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> on the skin. Now, they do have actual footage from the bank robbery yes. of the suspect with the hard hat and the long hair. That picture is not nearly as disconcerting, so I mean, that's a fine one to Google. Well, and who knows? Again, mm. this could be... You should see my face. Mm. <laughs> this could be us just taking rumor and running with it, but knowing what I, I know it. about Israel Keys, that it. is not outside the realm of I, possibility. I would be more inclined to be like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just some bullshit or whatever. If he didn't have, obviously, stolen from a bank money, like, in on his person when he was arrested. He was arrested... Like, well, and obviously, there are no holds barred with this man. No. He will sew your dead eyes open. He, he does not care. He will. Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. not try him. Ugh. No, thank you. <laughs> he just walks around with, like, a sewing kit in his back pocket. Like, Fishing I will. wire. <laughs> you, uh. I will sew your eyes open. Ugh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in the FBI report... 
They estimate the Keys was actually responsible for 20 to 30 home burglaries and several bank robberies between 2001 and 2012. And he was also he was also possibly linked to 11 other deaths in the U.S. and has the potential of more victims due to his time overseas. So they got sort of vague with this, but like when he was in Egypt, he would go on holiday or whatever with other and soldiers and... There's no record of what they do were whatever, doing. Yeah. So obviously, if he's doing this in the United States, he could potentially be doing that in Egypt or wherever. Right. Because again, he likes to drive places, so I can only imagine. All right, so we're to the point where Israel is incarcerated, thank God. Oh, um, he's cooperating finally. with the police to like a certain extent. Um, he gets assigned a federal defender that went by the name of Rich Kurtner, um, and he decides that he wants to be executed within a year of his arrest. I, I just guess. love how he just decides that. He basically demanded it. The authorities have gone along with everything he has wanted. Mm -hmm. The $30,000 in the account, let me just take it out little by little. Mm -hmm. Please don't talk about my case. Please kill me within a year of my arrest. Burr, burr, burr. Um... <laughs> And apparently, he just wanted to avoid any kind of publicity regarding his case. He didn't want this to reflect negatively on his daughter. Um, he didn't want her to have to deal with any blowback, basically. Which, if, if you don't want that, maybe just don't, like... Don't kill Commit people? murders? Right. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it. Like, like I, I do. But what gives you the right... Correct. To demand that. Correct. When the you've audacity. done so much wrong. The motherfucking audacity. audacity. <laughs> um, apparently, uh, it was a deal breaker. The publicity, he couldn't do it. Once his name was given to the media, he basically stopped cooperating 100% with the authorities. Um, which is why some of those crimes that we touched on earlier are not considered closed. Yeah. Because, yes, he admitted to it, but we don't really have any real evidence, necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, on May, 20, May 23rd... That's my birthday. 2012. That's my birthday. That's birthday. Mr. Keyes pays homage to Mr. Ted Bundy mm -hmm. uh, and attempts to escape. He used pencil shavings. How? Like, how I, does that even work? I literally have no freaking idea, but he used these pencil shavings to, like, pick the lock. On his handcuffs. Those are some strong pencil right. shavings. But uh, he's not very smooth because they basically tased the fuck out of him <laughs> before he could get anywhere. Yeah, he didn't get anywhere. Poor guy. Oh, no. Um, oh, poor, poor. Just guy. over six months later, we're going to wrap it up here. He sneaks a razor blade into his cell, which he was not to have. He was supposed to shave... With an electric razor, with somebody watching him, I was say, basically. He's supposed to have supervision, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he definitely wasn't supposed to have a razor blade. But in my opinion, in this case, he does everyone sort of a favor because he's horrible. Uh, he does commit suicide. He tries to self strangulate himself, but he also cuts his wrists. Yeah. So he went out with a a bang, bang. Well, I mean, like not really though, like not technically. Mm. He went out with a with a slice. Yeah, slice true. and dice. <laughs> true. 
Um, the investigators do find a note with his body, which consisted basically of an ode to murder. It, it got, like, really weird. It was written in a way that was, like, mimicking poetry. Like a haiku. Almost. Also sort of songs, because he was really into insane clown posse, apparently, mm-hmm. and Satanism, and it was just all this weirdness like wrapped into storm. one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there were four main topics in this ode to murder. Uh, his capture and imminent death, how there isn't a god, and humans are just bags of meat. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just bags of meat. He denounces the pointlessness of American consumer culture and how meaningless life is, and he caps all this off with some violent imagery symbolizing a murder. I will give him the American consumer culture bullshit. For sure. But that's the only... For sure. That's it. That's the only thing he gets. Yeah. That's it. Um, so obviously they search his cell after his death. Um, they find a bunch of drawings hidden under his mattress that were done in his own blood. Yeah. Were they um, murder buckets? No. They were... <sighs> there were 12 <laughs> drawings found, 11 of which were skulls. The twelfth one was a pentagram with a goat's head. Um, on one of the skulls, the words, we are one, were written. Oh. Right. So yeah. the theory that I read was the goat head was him, and then all of the skulls were his victims. So that means there's 11 victims. Yeah. And but they believe there's three. more. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, more. potentially there could be hundreds. We don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing that, like, again, like, that's what really is scary about people like him. Like, he's, like, he's is just pure psychopath. And he had been that from childhood, mm-hmm. and he had military training and survivalist training to but back all this up. But he also lived up. a normal life of taking care of a family. Yeah. Well, Going he, on he a had cruise. a child. He planned that cruise and planned a murder to basically be simultaneously happening yeah. with a cruise. So watch How? your neighbors. What? Watch I mean, your neighbors. Honestly, you I think you know a, somebody. I saw a thing on the internet and it was like, what's one thing you've never seen your neighbors do? Bring your groceries in. And it blew my fucking mind because I've literally never seen my neighbors bring groceries in. I feel like I bring groceries in like 45 times a week. Huh? <laughs> but like, I've never seen them do it. Not one time. Creepy. I'm always bringing in groceries. Right, but have you seen your neighbors do it? Yes. Mm. Yes, I have. You, you live, live in, in a, like a neighborhood. Though. I was literally like, you live in a neighborhood, <laughs> but I'm not like the I'm, clo- I'm close with my neighbors, so yeah, no, thank you. Yes, so right. yes, I. I that have, sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm not close with my neighbors. I believe my other neighbors that just moved out, they were Russian spies because I never saw their groceries being mm. brought in. Interesting. And they never said hi. In that theory, nobody assumes I'm a spy, which is fair because I am not stealthy. I am. I'm clumsy. I'm just not. No, you are. I'm a detective. Yep. Mm-hmm. You are. You're a detective. Maybe not a spy, but definitely a detective at the very least. I just figure out your IP address and everything. Like, don't oh, okay. underestimate. Look out me. out there, everybody. Jenny Murder Papa Squad's coming for you. Actually, if you want to hit me up, go ahead. I'll, <laughs> I'll investigate. Let's Ex-boyfriend. What you need. <laughs> I'm fairly cheaper than your private eye, so... I think you'd do it just for fun, just to prove <laughs> it would. It would be fun. I know, I know. I know this about you. He ate eggs at 9 a.m. <laughs> I almost spit my drink out, y'all. 
Woof, all over these nice microphones. Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, that's Israel Keys, and that's Murder Buckets. Halfway through my Murder Bucket. What a fucking psycho. So he killed, him, he killed himself because yeah, he's he a did. coward. Mm-hmm. He didn't want anybody to know about him because he's a coward. Right. And, like, I I have a very strong opinion regarding that, which, I mean, you guys are probably figuring out. I have a lot of those. I just, I just don't think he deserves it. He doesn't deserve to not go down in the history books for his awful acts. And I feel for his daughter, but... Sometimes your parents are terrible, and you just have to fucking live with it. I mean... Hello. You know. <laughs> I know. Mm, I do, just, too. <laughs> sometimes you just have to roll with the bunches. So, thank you so much, Jen, for coming to hang out. You'll hear from me again. You will. Multiple times, but life's busy with three kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, we're thinking about having, like, some other people come and hang out, because it's fun. We're Hell just yeah. bullshitting, or we're just talking. It's basically just drinking and chatting. It's just the subject matter is, uh, yep, murderers. It just makes you drink more. I was going to say, hence hence the drinking. So, a little bit of quick business before we wrap up. Um, As you guys know, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook. And we would love, love, love if you would come and hang out and interact. Love it, we love it. Facebook and Instagram handles are at Crime and Spirits Pod. It is the word and, not the appersand. Twitter is Crime Spirits Pod. Very direct and to the point. And let me know if you want to hear more Gen Time. Yeah, let me know. I'm a fun time. I'm a blast in the glass. Or if I'm annoying, let me know. Oh, we dig it. (laughs) It's a good time. I mean, I've been around for 20 years, so it's fine. If they call me Jennifer Papasquat, there's a reason. And if you want to know more about it, (laughs) you know you want to hear that story, everybody. Oh, I'd be happy to tell you guys about it. We don't have to do, like, a crime that day. We can... We could just talk about Jen and popping a squat. <laughs> You've got lots of stories. I have lots. So if you guys are digging what we're doing, please let us know. If you guys make the drink, let us know. Tag us. Um, we drop our shopping list for the beverages on Fridays. We launch our episodes on Sundays. We have started a Trivia Tuesday on Tuesdays. Hello. And uh, <laughs> we're basically just hanging out all the time. I'm starting to work on some merchandise. So give us a follow. Give us a like. Shout out. Come hang out. Hey. Till next time. See you guys later. Bye. 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 Bye.